670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 607, it is 30 degrees in downtown Boise, uh, as you just heard there in traffic. Uh, allow yourself a little extra time if you're traveling around Boise this morning. Could find some slick areas uh, of the uh, road to get a bit of, uh, just a, I mean, just a dusting of snow, but it is causing some slick spots, especially over the um, passes, overpasses and uh, bridges this morning. So just, uh, like I said, be a, be a little careful and a little slower out there this morning as you make your way to work. Uh, could be seeing some more. Snow uh, headed into the weekend. We told you yesterday. Atmospheric river. Yeah. Sounds really dangerous, doesn't yeah, it? Does. <laughs> Did you slide around in your car at all this morning on uh, your way to work? N- just a, a tad bit. I, I had seen that it looked like the road might be slick as it comes to Boise. Perfectly dry in Canyon County. It was not until I got to uh, about Eagle Road where it st- started to uh, see a little bit of snow and uh, slickness on the road. So I'm with you. Not not too bad, uh, but yeah, there there were some slick spots out there. So just just take your take your time. We want you to be around. News uh, this morning: Police were busy in Boise yesterday. Weren't oh they? man, we had double lead this morning here. Wow! And once again, another one of those instances where if the uh, supposed murder suicide, if he had just killed himself first, be a much better <sighs> situation. Still waiting on uh, details, as Rick said in the uh, news, on a lot of this stuff. We don't know the uh, names as of yet, the relationship, but they are saying that they do think that uh, the shooting that took place... Pretty sure. ...just down from my old house um, mm-hmm. was a mur- was a murder-suicide. There was one in Eagle and then one uh, over by Timberline. By Timberline, yes. Yeah. So, uh, once again, waiting on uh, information, more information to come out on those. Uh, of course, we'll keep you updated here. Rick in the newsroom will keep you updated as more of that information... Um, comes uh, out. We do know that the police officers that shot the uh, man near Timberline, Timberline, by the way, was also locked down, school was locked down. Um, those police officers, as per usual, have been put on administrative leave. That's how that goes, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the person who allegedly shot at police or shot towards police um, was taken to the hospital and uh, booked after he was... Uh, released from the hospital so that's where we are on that this morning uh we got other news we now know boise state is, who they're going to take on tonight and what what time is the game here on six i'm sorry i apologize for putting you on the spot but i was trying to find out when the game is uh tonight i think it's a nighttime game right it's a late game it is a, it is a later game but i think it's i think pregame is at 6 30 i'll double check i think it's six yeah i I'll have to look too, and I apologize. No, I've got the information from Bob. It was right here just a okay. second ago, and I'm just not looking at it. But I'll bring it up so I can tell you for sure one way or the other. Uh, we other ha- uh, other other uh, local basketball news. Um, here we <laughs> go. Seven o'clock is the game time. Six thirty is okay. when we do pregame. Okay, so not not a horribly go. late game. No, so. no. Okay, so not bad. So that's going on tonight. Um, Boise State will be playing uh, a home. Home, or an away game against the home team. Yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, NIT, by the way, this is this could be a good win for Boise State. The NIT has confirmed to Boise State that this will be a home game for UNLV, even though it's the Mountain West and they take away the court that they are used to playing on. It's still where UNLV plays. So they'll have a big crowd. So that's he, UNLV's yeah. playing. Yeah, 
That's based on rankings. Then. Yeah, rankings. So this could be a good win if they do do win tonight because it is considered a home game for UNLV. So we'll keep you updated. You'll hear it tonight on 670 KBOI. Also, congratulations, uh, another team having a huge, successful year in basketball. Round two of the uh, NAIA College of Idaho uh, mm-hmm. won again last night. They have a 30, they lost the first game of the season. They have not lost since. Wow. 31 game win streak. Um, the good news is they now, their, their first two games were uh, at Caldwell, and now they moved to Kansas City where they'll play the number five ranked team uh, in Kansas City in the finals. So the finals get underway Monday night. So congratulations, College of Idaho. There you go. We've got some good basketball this year. Um, NNU is also in the. Uh, they're they're NAI Division Two, right? NAI Division Two, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they made the playoffs too. So we got three teams. We're hoping. Well, I think Boise State's in, even no matter what happens tonight. I really do. I am not positive. No, I'm not positive. I think they. I think they should be. They should be. The last I the last I saw has them has them at a, like a nine or a ten. Season. Well, here's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see Boise State walk out in their first game in this tournament especially after you lost to San Jose State towards the end of the year and your last game of the year against Utah State. That wouldn't be a great way to go out. No, losing three of your four games. Or three out of four, four games, games, yeah. I mean, that one good. win was against San Diego State, and that's a great win yeah. at home. The uh, Utah State game did nothing to lower there because that's considered a quad one loss No, uh, at a, uh, as an away game. So no. they stayed at 27 net ranking, so it didn't hurt them there. But, yeah, losing three or four. I, I don't want to say it didn't hurt them. Anytime you lose and you're losing three out of four, no, that's I'm talking not great. About, I'm talking about the, the ratings when they look at the ratings and go, okay, that's – that's. Yeah. I mean, no win is good, but that's a good win. Or no loss is good, but that's a good loss. There because, you go. Yeah. Now, you spit it out there. Good. There, there you go. Nice job. Um, Sunday, don't forget, Selection Sunday. Um, if Boise State doesn't win their first and second game, of course, uh, everybody will have their eyes on Selection to see if they make an at-large, an at-large bid. I, if, they, if they win their first two, I'm sure that they're going to be in, even if they get to the, cha- to the championship and lose in the championship. Um, this isn't like previous years where they you know, might not make the tournament. So Selection Sunday, we'll have a lot to talk about coming up here on uh, Monday with Bob Beeler on Bronco Monday. But once again, just a reminder, tonight, 7 o'clock, Bob and Abe will have the play, and uh, you can uh, listen to it here on News Talk KBOI. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email us, of course. Uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, about what's going on in the legislature. Um, two weeks left. And some of the most important things that the legislators and the uh, governor had laid out as priorities have not been taken up. Good news is um, we've talked about, you know, whether or not to allow militias to be in the parades. Mm -hmm. We've talked about, uh, you know, not allowing uh, drag queen shows uh, in, in, in any place that minors could be able to watch. I'm perfectly fine with all those other laws. Take up the important stuff first. <laughs> Property see, taxes hasn't been touched yet. Democrats really beat up on Republicans day before yesterday. And it's exactly what they said. It's exactly what they said. It's really nice that you guys are taking up all these culture war issues. Transgender health care and bathrooms and drag mm-hmm. performances. Yeah. And then you want to talk about library books. And you want to talk about school vouchers, but... You know, we're still really waiting for you guys to take up property tax relief and infrastructure and child care 
and addressing education funding. It'd be really great if you did that. I mean, that's just what Democrats have to say, but it's hard to disagree. I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican, and I don't disagree. It's like, if you want to take these things up, great. Take them up, because they, they're things that probably should be talked about, too. Get the stuff that people are talking about out of the way. Your voters, what they're talking about. I'm afraid where there's only two weeks of the legislature they're, they're not gonna, that they're going to get to property taxes and get, oh, crap, we're out of time. Let's let's throw something together I, uh, that might not work, but at least we'll, we'll, every, we'll have done something. Every bill they pass, I always want to ask them, now in what way will this uh, make me more money? <laughs> um, I think see, that's the most if, true thing that Chris has ever said. <laughs> well, if there's any doubt of Chris, you know, because he gets accused of being a liberal sometimes, too. If there's any doubt, that was just a great way to prove that you're uh, conservative right there, right? <laughs> How does this make me more money today? <laughs> Conservatives care about their pocketbook? Uh, we will have Senate Minority Leader uh, Senator Melissa Wintrow in with us uh, this morning. Also, Senate Assistant Majority Leader Senator Abby Lee. Uh, we'll both be in coming up at about 8.30 this morning. Right now, it's time for our first check on what's going on with sports. With Rick Warren, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Don't forget, they have the drive through for your hip drips and coffee. Uh, just for the coffee, not for the food as of yet. But if you want to drive through beginning at 7 o'clock for hot coffee or cold iced coffee, get into Pork Belly and Cuna. So you mentioned College of Idaho. They're headed back to Kansas City after a 76-61 to win over Xavier in the NAIA second round on Wednesday. College of Idaho 32-1 and extended their winning streak to 32 games with four players in double figures, and that ain't bad. Uh, let's see, College of Idaho making the trek to Kansas City, having won its last 14 games by double digits. Wow. They're a fun wow. team to watch. My wife's company was a sponsor one of their nights uh, earlier this year here about four or five games ago, and we went and watched the game. They're a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. They really are. Next up for the number one seed and number one ranked Yotes will be a matchup against LSU Shreveport on Monday, 3 p.m. is when they'll play. It's 2 p.m. Mountain, by the way, so that's central time, uh, but 2 p.m. Mountain time. Pilots are members of the same conference uh, as... Xavier, where the Gold Rush reached the national tournament by winning the Red River Athletic Conference over LSU Shreveport. So there you go. Uh, all right, there's other things going on in college basketball. We're only mentioning it because this is the greatest time of year to be a basketball fan. <laughs> After 47 seasons, Hall of Famer Jim Beheim will not be returning to Syracuse. That after uh, That was announced after the Orange lost. 77-74 to Wake Forest on a buzzer-beating three-pointer in the ACC tournament. Syracuse announced that associate head coach uh, Adrian Autry, who has been on the staff since 2011, would be promoted to replace the 78-year-old Bayheim. Man, it's going to be weird seeing Syracuse without Bayheim roaming the sides. KBOI News Time is 618. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome to a Thursday. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always get through to us at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless email, chris at kboi.com. Mike at KBOI.com. You can also uh, text us. Same as our main number at 208-336-3700. Two public memorial services honoring former Idaho Governor Phil Batt are uh, planned over the next few days. Uh, Beginning today, as a matter of fact, Batt's body will be transferred to the Capitol, where the first service will be held at 10 a.m. this morning. 
The Idaho Army National Guard's band will perform honors. Idaho Air National Guard flyover will take place as long as the weather is okay, uh, although we do have uh, a high wind warning supposed to take effect later today. Uh, Governor Brad Little will lead the service and be uh, augmented by remarks from former Idaho Governor C.L. Butch Otter and Dirk Kempthorne, also U.S. Senator, uh, also U.S. Senator Senator Jim Risch. And also Bats, a former governor. Also a former governor. Bat's body will lie in the Capitol Rotunda until 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, morning when it will be transferred to the Cathedral of the Rockies here in Boise. Public funeral service will begin at 11 a.m., followed by a reception. And then after the reception, the procession of family and invited friends and guests will be led by the Idaho State Police to the Wilder Cemetery for a private burial service. Bat, uh, in case you didn't know, was born in Wilder, graduated from Wilder High School. That's why he is being buried there. So that'll be happening beginning Full at circle. 10 o'clock this, this morning with the funeral services tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock for any of those who are interested in taking part. Take a break. I've, I've seen a lot of the flags at half staff around town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll take a break here. we got news coming up here next. When we come back after uh, news, Trump has officially lost uh, another lawsuit yesterday we'll tell you about that on the way uh also another thing we're going to talk about this morning i don't know how this is going to work but the wwe is in talks with state gambling regulators to legalize betting on their matches the reason why i don't understand how this is going to work is because for those of you who don't know It's scripted. Yep. They know who the winners are going to be. You do. It's it's still a sport. It's still athletic, but the outcome is already figured out. I don't know how you bet on something like that where it's it's Um, scripted. I do, foolishly. (laughs) Anyway, they're going to be pushing. We'll tell you about that coming up here for you, too, this morning. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Donald Trump uh, officially has lost another lawsuit, lost his defamation case against the Washington Post for a second time yesterday. Tried to sue the Washington Post for defamation for reporting in 2016 on special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. It was dismissed for a second time this week. Uh, U.S. District Judge uh, Rudolph Contreras ruled that uh, there was no actual malice in the report from the Post or the writer when the piece was published. He asked Trump's lawyers if they wanted to amend their complaint to give more information that could actually be litigated. It appears Trump's lawyers were unable to do that. Thus, the case was finally thrown out officially as of yesterday. Mm. Second piece that Trump lawyers went after was a 2020 opinion piece that is protected by First Amendment. The lawsuit was one of several that Trump filed in 2020 in New York and Georgia complaining of defamation. The cases in those states have also been thrown out. On his personal social media site, is that uh, Truth Social? Yeah. Trump claims that his conversation with uh, the writer, Bob Woodward, you remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, Woodward and Bernstein mm-hmm. um, were off the record. That was his claims. Trump didn't make that claim when uh, Woodward's book Rage came out, however. And while he appeared fine with Woodward's text quoting him, the release of the tapes, he said, was something for which Trump believes he deserves financial credit. When Woodward compared the Trump tapes with former President Richard Nixon and those tapes, Trump posted an all caps uh, attack calling it defamatory. 
Mm. Apparently, the courts didn't feel the same as as uh, Donald Trump did. Well, I, th- I think something can be a bit defamatory and yet still legal. Yeah, especially if you're a public figure. Well, and also especially if it's an opinion piece. Because well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, Ofer on the lawsuits this so week. far, huh? Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. You're looking for a great, great way to start your day off, whether it's uh, with a great, delicious cup of coffee, which, by the way, the drive through is open for their coffee, um, or breakfast. They're open up in 15 minutes, and they're open up every day, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Get in for a fantastic breakfast or lunch. Pork Belly and Cuna. Good morning. It's a good time to be a basketball fan, isn't it? The conference tournament already underway for the Mountain West in Las Vegas as of last night. And we have winners for you. We'll start with what's going on first with the Broncos as they gear up for their game tonight. Here's Bob Beeler. The Broncos had a first-round bye as the two-seed, and UNLV advanced to the quarterfinal meeting with Boise State with a first-round 78-70 overtime win against Air Force. E.J. Harkless of the Rebels scored a career-high 35 points in their win. The Broncos have defended the second-team All-Mountain West performer very well, giving up 14 in one game and 12 in the other, and he's been just one for nine from three-point range in the two Bronco wins. You can hear the broadcast on 670 a.m. beginning at 630 tonight. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. All right, here's what happened in the tournament yesterday. You heard just a moment ago that UNLV won their game in overtime over Air Force 78-70. to Colorado State also advances by beating Fresno State. Close game, 67-65. to And New Mexico blows out Wyoming last night, 87-76. to Games in the tournament today start at noon Pacific, 1 o'clock local. San Diego State will take on Colorado State in the first game. Nevada will play at 3.30 p.m. against San Jose State. UNLV and Boise State at 7 o'clock. And then the late game tonight, that's 9.30 local. Utah State takes on New Mexico. And hopefully, Boise State will advance and have another game on Friday. We'll tell you all about it. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Those are the numbers to get through if you want to partake in the show, and that's always encouraged. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com. Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, you can also text us. Same as our main number. Keep those mu- numbers in mind, by the way. Chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate once again to Biscuit and Hogs. Coming up this morning with our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Looking to get into a new home. Maybe you're looking to sell a home before you get into that new home. They can help you out. Uh, maybe even with becoming more and more of a buyer's market, get the uh, sellers to help you out pay down your mortgage interest rate. Find out how by calling 208-888-4128. Our question today, this president was born over 200 years ago, but still has a living grandchild. Which president is it? (laughs) 200 years ago, born over 200 years ago, has a living grandchild today. Who is the president? That's all you need to know. Listen in after 8 o'clock this morning. Be ready to call. You'll get a uh, gift certificate once again. Biscuit and Hogs $50 gift certificate voted best happy hour. Probably part of the reason is because it's a happy afternoon. Three until six o'clock every day. 
seven days a week. Don't forget. Practically ecstatic. That's our sweet deal tomorrow morning also at 9 a.m. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. 31 degrees in downtown Boise. Phone lines open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Today is Senate Day here at News Talk KBOI. Every Thursday while the legislature is in session, we talk to lawmakers from the Senate. Tomorrow we'll talk with uh, lawmakers from the House of Representatives. Earlier this week, Idaho Democratic leaders called on Republican lawmakers uh, to address the governor's priorities, such as education, property tax relief, and infrastructure, instead of focusing on what they called, quoting here, national right-wing talking points. State Representative Alana Rubel, Senate Minority Leader Melissa Wintrow, said too much of the session has been wasted passing legislation focusing on issues that aren't solving issues in Idaho. Wintrow named repealing the militia ban, library restrictions, school voucher-type legislation, and firing squads as a lot of bills that don't really have, that have not met any of the people's needs. She also went on to say that after having knocking on more than 20,000 doors, these are all things that nobody whose door I have ever knocked on has ever asked for. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. The legislature's target end date for the session, known as Sine Die, March 24th. Today is the 9th. You're t- less than two weeks away mm-hmm. from when they want to be out. And the biggest things, once again, property tax going into the session. Governor said it's one of the priorities. People that call into the show say it's one of the biggest priorities that has to be addressed. Is this going to be another thing where it's like, oh, it's the 22nd. we got to get something done so we can go back to our constituents and say, hey, look, we did right. something with property taxes again. Something is, is standing in the way of uh, progress on this. And I don't, uh, we, we ask just about every senator and representative that comes in, and they always say, well, we're working on it. But that's, you know, as far as it seems to get. Um, I, I'm guessing this is in response for the press conference from those uh, two leaders. By the way, um, Minority Leader, Leader Melissa Wintrow will be in with us um, once again this morning. We'll talk with her at about 8.35 about some of this. But uh, yesterday, House Speaker Mike Moyle and Senate Pro Tem Chuck Winder, both Republicans, um, responded they said uh, a negotiated property tax relief bill, which has been a top priority for the session for the governor and leadership, will be introduced today. Don't know what's going to be in it, but it sounds like they're going to introduce that today. So maybe mm-hmm. they'll have two weeks to get it figured out. Said education budgets are scheduled to be taken up also today and Friday. Moyle said that a lot of money is going to be spent in the next two days, and once that happens, then you're going to start to see things move. See, this is a sausage getting made. <laughs> They're loading the sausage into the casing, and as soon as they get all the sausage you know, into the, the sausage machine mm-hmm. and they start filling the uh, sausage casings, casings, you're really going to see sausage start moving. Which, by the way, is the first time you really want to see it. <laughs> Some of these bills I, I don't get. This is, this is one. Somebody's going to have to explain this one to me. House Bill 259. The Idaho Legislature's House State Affairs Committee advanced a bill this week over the objections from the Secretary of State's office that would greatly restrict who can distribute 
absentee ballot request forms. This isn't requesting, you know, bringing in absentee ballots and dropping them off at polling places. Mm-hmm. This is just giving out application forms to people. If the Bill 259 is passed into law, only a county clerk, election official, officer, or employee of the state authorized by law would be able to distribute absentee ballot application forms. The bill specifically says non-governmental entities shall not distribute absentee ballot applications unless they are specifically authorized by the state or federal law. That means spouses, parents, family members, nursing home staff members, roommates, neighbors, co-workers, voting advocacy groups, political parties, and anyone else would be banned from giving out absentee ballot application forms. Seems as if it could very easily be a little impractical. I, in I other just, words, if you said, pick me up a ballot, well, I can't. You have to get it yourself, or I guess the uh, Secretary of State or somebody has to bring it to you. But I, I can't get out of the house. I'm in a wheelchair, and it's very difficult for me to get around. doesn't matter. Either don't vote or figure out how the Secretary of State can deliver one to your home. I, that one I don't know. Somebody's going to have to explain that one to me. Representative Kevin Andrus uh, uh, sponsored the uh, bill, says he feels strongly that political campaigns should not be allowed to distribute absentee ballot applications. Okay, then make that illegal. Make that the bill. Why, why are you not allowing a, a parent or a kid to give it to a family member? Kind of what they're saying is if, if there is somebody who you know, thinks that they probably aren't going to vote or can't, uh, really it should be against the law for you to uh, convince them to, uh, to vote. By the way, Secretary of State is really against this because they said that they're they just don't have enough employees. Yeah, to, like I said to take over. Like I said, impractical. It's it's impractical. So, like I said, someone's going to have to explain. I get, I get you know you want to try and do what you can to stop any possible fraud from happening. We haven't seen it in in Idaho as of yet, and I get the point that it's like, hey, just because we don't see it doesn't mean it can't happen sometime in the future. Uh, this one just it's it's I I just don't understand it. I mean, if you want to stop, you know, political action committees or, you know, campaigns from distributing, okay, then then do that. Why the parents, the friends, you know, nursing homes, it just seems ridiculous to me. Now, the House bill should reach the floor of uh, the House sometime for a vote, either today or tomorrow or possibly early next week. If the uh, House passes a bill, it would be sent to the Senate for consideration if it passes both the House and the Senate. Go to the governor. That's how it works. Um, House Senate Affairs Committee voted to send the House bill to the floor with a do-pass recommendation. Hmm. Your thoughts? You have a problem with people passing out applications for absentee ballots. We're not talking about passing out the ballots or picking up the ballots and delivering them to the polling place. Just the applications. Go ahead and weigh in. You can email us right now, mike at kboi.com, chris at kboi.com. Time for another check on what's going on uh, with sports this morning. Brought to you by our good friends, Pork Belly and Cuna. Man, you want to start your day off great. Get out there for breakfast. They are open as of right now. Get your uh, biscuit and gravy their gravy is fantastic. By the way, I believe it's next week. Um, Chef Wally, the consultant at Pork Belly, has figured out a way to make pork belly or to make uh, biscuit and sausage soup. gravy soup. Right. 
Um, <laughs> there's a lot that went into this, apparently. So uh, we'll tell you what day that's going to be available so you can check it out for yourself at Pork Belly and Cuna. Good morning, NBA fans. From back in the day, we all remember the Seattle Supersonics. It was, in fact, probably a lot of people's favorite team around these parts. We were very surprised to see that Sean Kemp, the six-time NBA All-Star and Seattle Supersonic legend, has been booked in relation to an investigation of a drive-by shooting, believe it or not. Police say about 2 p.m., an altercation between the occupants of two cars led to shots being fired in a parking lot. Tacoma Police Department tweeting no injuries reported, a gun was recovered, and a 53-year-old man was booked for the drive-by shooting. That tweet does not name Sean Kemp specifically. However, Kemp is listed on the Pierce County Corrections booking website with the drive-by shooting listed as the charge. The shooting occurred near the uh, Tacoma Mall, and that investigation is ongoing. Since retiring, Sean Kemp has been active in the movement to bring the NBA back to Seattle after the Sonics moved to Oklahoma City. He has operated a number of businesses in the Seattle area over the years as well. He also played for the Orlando Magic, Portland Trailblazers, Cleveland Cavaliers in what was a pretty good 14-year NBA career. But now, booked, and the charge is drive-by shooting, believe it or not. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us uh, once again to talk about your money. The uh, Dow futures were down uh, around 50 points or so a little while ago. Uh, Now up 85 points. Did we just get some news here uh, recently in the last few minutes? Uh, there's to change plenty the of new, outlook. Plenty of news to talk about. I mean, we could talk about the proposed budget with the potential tax changes on the horizon, which are unlikely to come into fruition. We could talk about Jerome Powell coming in with a little bit of softer tone. We have the weekly weekly jobless claims, which is what really turned the tide for the futures uh, market this morning. I knew there was something. That, that, that was the big mover. Everything else was kind of keeping things status quo. Um, and it, the, um, the most important one is going to be the is last month's jobs report that will be released tomorrow. So that's going to be all eyes are going to be set on that. However, the weekly jobless claim, it came in softer than antici- anticipated, actually unexpectedly rose above 200,000. And that's the, the highest number that we've seen in, in a few months. So that really changed the, the, the tide for the markets because, again, it's, it seems like we have this conversation at least once or twice a week because it's the driving narrative around the market in the short term. It's wage gains causing inflation and causing the Federal Reserve to come in aggressive. And then you factor in Jerome Powell making some aggressive comments, not yesterday, but the day before he came in a little bit muted. The market is anticipating, hey, if we start to see some things cooling down in the economy, particularly on the jobs front, well, then that means we should see some pressure slowing down in wage gains and wage growth which should then in turn cause some demand destruction. That might be too harsh of a word, but meaning people just aren't looking to buy as many things, which then again, we see prices and inflation come down and the Federal Reserve doesn't need to potentially drive us into a recession by being too aggressive on interest rates. So that is the rosy picture. That That is the ideal scenario. So any data 
that is leading to that scenario, the market's going to have a favorable favorable reaction. It's not much, but again, I think it's going to be relatively flat. We might see some swings. Yesterday was certainly a volatile trading session. We were all over the board. Today might be a little bit more muted in anticipation of the official jobs report, which by the way, for the month of January, we all remember it blew expectations right. completely out of the water. So it's going to be really interesting to see what comes in the in the February print. All right. Looking right now, like I said, we've seen about a 130-point swing on the futures since those uh, numbers uh, were announced a little while ago. We'll see what happens when uh, we open up in a few minutes. Get an update from you in about an hour and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 7.34. Phone lines open once again, as usual, to always get through anytime between 6 and 10 o'clock to take part in the show. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Today is Thursday morning. You know what that means. One day closer to our KBOI sweet deal. Once again, tomorrow, one of the second fastest sellouts ever in history. And uh, there's kind of a little battle between the uh, two companies that hold the fastest sellouts. Biscuit and Hogs and Lockstock and Barrel. Lockstock and Barrel is what I, I think a minute and twenty six seconds, and I think uh, Biscuit and Hogs is like a minute forty five seconds for the sellout. So both of them are very very fast. They're kind of competitive. We'll see if uh, Biscuit and Hogs can sell out quicker than Lockstock and Barrel tomorrow morning. But that all is dependent on you. Uh, the Sale starts at 9 o'clock sharp, as they always do, and it's mm-hmm. very easy. You just go to KBOI.com. Don't be late for this one. No. If you tune in at a minute after, you're probably going to miss out. Uh, Biscuit and Hogs, known, of course, as uh, Idaho's best happy hour. They've vo- been voted that way, I think, two or three years in a row. Uh, it's more like a happy afternoon, 3 to 6 o'clock every day, seven days a week. Uh, they feature award-winning food and drinks, large portions at affordable prices, hand-cut bacon. You had me a bacon. Um, and they are... <laughs> Opening up a new location coming up this weekend. Um, you're, you're probably not going to want to drive there to go. Um, they have a their location in Meridian, but the new location will open up in Ogden, Utah. And this is going to be their second location with more coming. Caldwell and Indian Creek Plaza is already planned. Second Meridian location coming up. You'll be able to use this $50 gift certificate, any one of those locations, by the way. But you have to get the gift certificate. Once again, it goes on sale tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock sharp. Click on KBOI.com and then click on the link. It just says Sweet Deals and then you'll be in. Don't forget at 9 o'clock to refresh. Doesn't automatically refresh itself. You could miss out if you don't remember that. Just take advantage of it. Once again, stick around. We'll have a free fifty dollars gift certificate still on the way for you here in about forty five minutes with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at seven. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, look at that. Former Idaho resident Carol King. On Morning Joe on MSNBC this morning. Hmm. She's owned a couple of huge mansions here in uh, Idaho. I think she sold her last one uh, a few years ago. She had Uh, one in Idaho City, and then uh, she had another one in... uh, Near Chalice. Chalice, yeah. I uh, used to work with a a gal who had uh, lived on Carol King's property in a trailer house, and they were kind of like... In the one in Idaho City? uh, No, um... Closer to Chalice. And oh, the they one would, up there. Okay. They would watch the the uh, property when yeah, she they, wasn't there. and They never went in or anything. They just you know, like would watch the grounds. And uh, one time she said it was kind of late in the evening and somebody knocked on their trailer. 
And the guy asked if uh, they knew where Carol King was, and they said she was out of the town or out of town, and it was dark. So they said, "You just want to come in and sit down for a while." And he said, "Yeah, it was our, it was our Garfunkel." <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, my wife actually listed uh, her house in uh, up in Idaho City, Carol King's house. It was after yeah, it was after she had already sold it. It was the uh, the owner after that. So, Absolutely amazing property, um, as you would expect. I think it was selling for between one and two million dollars, but uh, at the time, and this was God, this was a long time ago. But yeah. Anyway, kind of cool to see her uh, staring at us back on television this morning. KBY News Time seven forty four. We'll uh, get a final check here on sports once again this morning. By the way, the stock market is up this morning, one hundred and thirty seven points on the Dow. All three of the indexes uh, are up as of. Right now, S&P is uh, up 14, NASDAQ uh, up 37. Keep an, up, an eye on that. It's all good news so far anyway. Uh, this update brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go for breakfast and lunch. Uh, check out their menu. Now, all-new menu. Going to be coming very soon, but you can still check out the menu that's available today. Uh, they're working on an all-new menu. They're going to be rolling that out within the next week or so. Chef Wally, you know him. You love him. You, you got you, He's got Chef Wally, just catered by Chef Wally. He's also the person responsible for the new menu and uh, helping to get things uh, going every day for your breakfast. Um, absolutely delicious train chef get out there today find out what we're talking about pork belly and cuna good morning it's a good time to be a basketball fan isn't it the conference tournament already underway for the mountain west in las vegas as of last night And we have winners for you. We'll start with what's going on first with the Broncos as they gear up for their game tonight. Here's Bob Beeler. The Broncos had a first-round bye as the two-seed, and UNLV advanced to the quarterfinal meeting with Boise State with a first-round 78-70 overtime win against Air Force. E.J. Harkless of the Rebels scored a career-high 35 points in their win. The Broncos have defended the second-team All-Mountain West performer very well, giving up 14 in one game and 12 in the other, and he's been just one for nine from three-point range in the two Bronco wins. You can hear the broadcast on 670 a.m. beginning at 6.30 tonight. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. All right, here's what happened in the tournament yesterday. You heard just a moment ago that UNLV won their game in overtime over Air Force 78-70. to Colorado State also advances by beating Fresno State, close game 67 to 65, and New Mexico blows out Wyoming last night 87 to 76. Games in the tournament today start at noon Pacific, one o'clock local. San Diego State will take on Colorado State in the first game. Nevada will play at 3.30 p.m. against San Jose State. UNLV and Boise State at 7 o'clock. And then the late game tonight, that's 9.30 local. Utah State takes on New Mexico. And hopefully, Boise State will advance and have another game on Friday. We'll tell you all about it. I'm Rick Worthington. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Yvonne St. Cyr is charged with two felonies and four misdemeanors. 
St. Cyr turned down plea deals and has pled not guilty to all charges. She joined Casper and Chris by phone just before the start of her trial Wednesday and was asked if the whole thing happened again, was there anything she would do differently? The human in me, yes, would do it very differently. But the person in me that knows that I'm here for purpose wouldn't because I was led by God. I have to trust in a power that is so much greater than me. I feel it to my very core. I can't explain it. It's that peace beyond all understanding. 14 years in the church, and I never understood that peace beyond all understanding until I got to D.C. and I had to be here and listen to this. The trial goes until Friday, and even St. Sears' attorneys have told her the charges are undefendable. The uh, trial uh, continues uh, again today, um, already underway. They started about 9.30. Uh, text message in at 208-336-3700 says, Listening to Yvonne St. Cyr's interview yesterday only reinforces that you have the right to remain silent. Law enforcement only has to read your rights. If you are under arrest, that does not mean you do not have the right to remain silent. Use that right. You do not have to help the police investigate you. And even I thought that yesterday when we were talking to her, where she said, hey, they talked to me just well, like we were friends, and I didn't she, have anything uh, to hide, so I just shared my story. Yeah, she didn't feel like what she had done was a crime, so she was very you know, open, and as far as she was concerned, open and honest with the, uh, uh, the police, and uh, probably should have had a lawyer. I would imagine, and I don't know for sure, had she said, look, I'm not going to tell you anything. As a matter of fact, I want a lawyer, but I'm not going to say anything. I wonder if she'd be in the situation where she would be defending herself in a trial today if she hadn't helped them out. I don't know, but yeah. I, I, that was the first thing I thought yesterday when she was talking about kind of impossible to know sitting down with law enforcement and just they were like friends. So we we were just you know talking and I I shared my story about everything I did. And I'm like, ooh, okay. Um, Another uh, email in Mike at KBY.com. I don't agree with the Yvonne St. Cyr's behavior, but I do believe the election was stolen. You yourself read about all the cartel involvement in our country with our public officials. Elections are a part of that corruption. You can't have Arizona ballot machines. I'll go down only in heavily heavy Republican districts and only on Election Day without knowing something was fishy. No name on that one. Do have some emails in uh, on the cartels. We talked about that yesterday with the four people who were kidnapped, two of which were killed. With regard to the cartels, I learned something a while back. Most don't have the stomach for it. Nobody wants to, rightfully so, but this is how the sausage gets made. You have to be capable of Mm. greater and more terrifying violence than your enemy. Do things that are so horrifying and creative that they stop. Kill them anyway. Make it so your enemy or any that oppose you don't even have a thought to acting on that opposition. Now, we have heard that they do believe that this was a case of mistaken identity and that, the, how did somebody put it yesterday, the cartels would never kick the ant pile yeah. that is the United States. Well, and they, yeah, they said normally they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't just open fire on a van. That, you know, they would pull it over and drag everybody out first. But they opened fire on this one, shot three of the people, two of them to death, and then one in the leg, and then did not shoot the uh, only female. Uh, but, you know, then proceeded to take them away and sort of kidnap them. I say sort of because yeah. they pretty much just left them someplace. Wando writes in, Are U.S. senators who think that we can just go into Mexico and gun down the cartel are delusional? 
Recently, the highest-ranking military officer from 2001-2005 was sentenced in the U.S. for conspiring with the cartels. Garcia Luna worked with the FBI, DEA, Homeland Security, and the president to fight the cartels. There is no fighting the cartels. They are corrupted, uh, and they're, they've corrupted the whole country, and the U.S. would have to declare war on Mexico to take them on. It's funny how uh, the more money an organization or a person is worth, the more tendency they have to try and control everything. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty, on the way in 20 minutes. $50 gift certificate to uh, Biscuit and Hogs can be yours if you can answer this question. This president was born over 200 years ago, but still has a living grandchild. We just need to know who the uh, president was, just the name of the president. Two, over 200 years ago, still a living grandchild. If you know the answer, stick around. You can win coming up here in 20 minutes. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Welcome to the 8 o'clock hour. 208-336-3700 pound yeah, ourselves, yeah. on your Verizon wireless. It is 31 degrees in downtown Boise. Um, and uh, this particular segment, we've got a lot of Ford news to get to in this uh, segment that I wanted to share with you yesterday. Um, yesterday, by the way, was International Women's Day. It's Women's History Month. And uh, Ford had a uh, commercial yesterday for their Ford Explorer uh, they have a new Ford Explorer men's only edition. Take a listen. Introducing the men's only Ford Explorer with no windshield wipers, no heater, no turn signals, no rear view mirror, no GPS. Are you kidding? Ah, it's missing all the parts created by women. Wow. Whose great idea was that? This Women's History Month, Ford salutes the visionary automotive work by women past, present, and future. <laughs> um, very interesting way to uh, highlight women because, like I said, and like you, you heard there in the commercial, those are all items you know developed by women. So it's mm-hmm. kind of kind of a cool commercial, and kudos <laughs> to Ford. Apparently, they were. <laughs> um, uh, another couple things having to do with Ford: uh, new technology. That Ford is coming out with that you could be seeing in your new Ford vehicle coming soon. I want to see how what you think about this new technology, the different technologies that you can probably expect to see within the next five to ten years. Here's the idea that Ford has filed with the U.S. Trademark and Patent Office. If reminder messages and then warnings about missed car payments are ignored, the driver would be subjected to loud, unpleasant noises from the car radio. Still no payment, the GPS, window, and seat controls would be disabled. And if all else fails, the doors would lock and the autonomous vehicle would drive to an impound lot. The car would repossess itself. (laughs) The goal, according to Ford, would be to avoid confrontations between delinquent consumers and human repossession specialists. Think about that. You get into your car, you start it up, and all of a sudden, loud noises! (laughs) Because you're late on your car payment. They're trying to get rid of the job of, of repo man. Yeah, well, not just repo man, but also, you know, being late on payments 
you know, because if you're just late on payments, you heard that they would disable some of the things or right. make, make your radio really irritating to listen to. Seems a little fascist to me. Yes, I, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. This isn't the only thing that Ford is working on. Ford is working on creating vehicles that would allow drivers to sleep while driving on the highway. The bigger opportunity for us, irregardless of the time frame, is eyes off the road on highway driving. We feel like that is such a big unlock for customers. Think about your daily commute and being able to go to sleep in your car or whatever on a sunny day on the highway. You know, what an unlock that is for customers. We just got more excited about that than, you know, a fully autonomous fleet of vehicles uh, someday in the future. Well, I love the idea. I hate the idea. Yeah. I would just, you know, personally prefer everyone who's driving be awake. <laughs> like I said. Call me crazy. There are some time, you know, you drive you drive to work in the morning. I could get an extra twenty minutes of sleep on my way to work. I I love the idea. <laughs> just gotta then when you when you get to work the, the horn honks at you and then you can hit the horn and it'll wait for nine more minutes before it honks again see i'm sorry i'm laughing at this text we just got in says doesn't nate already make the radio annoying to listen to (laughs) 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 oh we have some funny listeners that's awesome um, by the way, this is just some of the AI stuff that is going to be coming out. I, I really think that you look back. I mean, you look back now over the last 30 years, and you can point to a few inventions that have just changed the way we live. Mm-hmm. Computers, cell phones, that have just absolutely com- com- changed. The, like right now, how did we even, you and I both worked in the industry before computers. Yes, we did. How did we do it? You know, mm-hmm. our job was so much more difficult Without the help from computers. True. If somebody asked us a question, we said, well, it's a mystery. We may not have to worry about it, though. They have uh, already launched a G Radio GBT radio station. Radio GBT? Yeah. AI attempt. Oh, artificial intelligence. Artificial radio. intelligence replacing humans. Intelligence has no place on the radio. Take take a listen. This is This is from... The AI radio station that launched this week. Over the years, there have been many examples of artificial intelligence helping humans. Oh, this is rich. Bad commander file name. Well, they expect you to be a machine to operate this machine. But this ain't Mystery Science Theater 3000. We've come a long way, baby. The future of entertainment is now. Radio GPT. That's an actual uh, break. Well, there wasn't a lot of what I would call explanation there. No, no, they weren't explaining. It's just a radio. Sta- it's just a radio station. They, other than the fact that they say they are an AI radio station, well, I mean, you would probably even have, have known recorded it, right? segments by a number of human voices. I mean, what part of it was AI? Uh, the whole thing. That wasn't human voices. Those were AI voices. Were they? Yeah. Okay, well, where, where is our job? I would, say, <laughs> I would say could have fooled me, but the correct phrase here is fooled me. <laughs> 
So, I mean, in the future, we may not even have a job if this. I mean, that wasn't very good. For instance, you know, as a DJ, former DJ, that that audio of, of brick house starting <laughs> yeah. was really low. A, a real DJ would have potted that up. Yeah. Uh, instead of let it go low like And that. also would have still been talking over the Yeah, time. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's five o'clock at the big it, hour. Yeah. It's it's coming. Let's get a check <laughs> on uh, what's going on with Bronco Sports today. Hang on when we come back. $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogsler, Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question will be coming up next. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. Daniel, going to get first crack at our question today at a $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs. Daniel, this president was born over 200 years ago. Still has a living grandchild. Not a great-grandchild, not a great-great-grandchild, a living grandchild. Which president is it? Uh, president Tyler. John Tyler, born 233 years ago, 1790, still has one living grandchild. Harrison Ruffin Tyler, born in 1928, now 94 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, he had a second grandson, um, Lion uh, Gardner Tyler, who died just two years ago at the age of 95. John Tyler himself had 14 children, and some of those fairly late in life, which is how that came about. There you go. Congratulations, Daniel. You have a $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs. Hang on the line, okay? Thank you. Don't forget, Biscuit and Hogs, if you don't win, you have another chance coming up tomorrow morning with our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question. And... Then, if you don't win and still would like to take advantage of getting a Biscuit and Hogs gift certificate, we have our KBOI sweet deal that goes on sale tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. sharp. Voted Idaho's best happy hour. They're known for their breakfast with hand-cut bacon. Largest pancakes you're ever going to see. Huge, huge portions at affordable prices. They they serve some, some of their meals you get don't fit on a plate. So they I don't think it's an actual hubcap, but it's the size of a hubcap. Because they can't get all the food on one plate. That's how that's how big the portions are in some of their their items. By the way, some of the best we we've been to the hometown breakfast there um, many times. I think what three or four times. Yeah. And the eggs Benedict been one of my favorite egg, eggs Benedict in the Treasure Valley. So highly suggest you try that. KBOI sweet deal goes on sale tomorrow morning. Remember, beginning at nine o'clock sharp. Stick around. Uh, coming up, we have news at the bottom of the hour. When we come back, as we always do on Thursday mornings, we talk with the lawmakers from the Idaho Senate making the news. This morning, we have Senate Minority Leader Melissa Wintrow, who will be in with us, coming up here in just about 10 minutes, following Senate Assistant Majority Leader Senator Abby Lee. District 9 in Fruitland will be with us. That's all on the way. Coming up within the next 10 minutes. Stick around. News Talk KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Senators joining Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 8.39, he's for Salt and Mike Casper. And in the studio with us this morning, once again, Senate Minority Leader, uh, Senator Melissa Wintrow, District 19 of Boise. Welcome back. Thanks for coming in with us this morning. Well, it's always a joy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's start things off uh, here. I know you want to talk a little bit about this, uh, something going on today. Governor, former Governor um, Phil Batt 
one of the uh, first little things that are going to be happening for him over the next uh, few days. And uh, at the Capitol, first service is going to be held at 10 a.m. this morning. I'm, I'm guessing almost everybody from the legislature is going to be there. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, Governor Batt was just really such an, an exemplary statesman and, you know, exceptional governor. He did so much for our state, for human rights, for, you know, working to keep the federal government from dumping, you know, nuclear waste here. And boy, and we had him here for Idaho Day last year. And I didn't know what kind of a musician he was, but he's amazing. We played some of his his original <laughs> works. And boy, it was so fun to have him. And, you know, our state's really going to miss him. He, he was a wonderful man. He played, what, the clarinet, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he composed so many beautiful songs. And we actually played one. And uh, we had a full choir there that day. And in fact, I've gotten emails from folks wanting a recording of that song because oh, they want to cool. make that the state song. Right. Right. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Well, let's uh, get to uh, some of the newsmaking uh, about law, uh, lawmakers this week. You called out the Republican leadership because they have not done enough to get to some of the priorities that were set forth by the governor. Um, by constituents, people who call into this radio station, uh, for instance, property taxes, education, things like that. Um, mm. And there's about two weeks left, uh, at least according to leadership, uh, left before signy die. What Can you tell us what has gotten done this year so far in the legislature? Well, well, thanks for that. I, I don't know if I called them out, but I guess I did. <clears throat> um, excuse me, you guys. I have a cold today, so I'm trying to get over that. But here's the thing. You know, like you said. The people have been very clear. Property taxes are killing us. Expenses are killing us. Hey, let's invest in education and let's get some of these priorities done. And we still haven't seen one penny, one drop of our state funds going into that yet. So I think that's kind of troubling at this point. We're like two and a half weeks away from signy die. And it's really important, I think, to get a little bit more um, uh, serious about getting some of these most important things done. The things we have done, though, well, let's see. We've um, fought about bathroom signage. Uh, we've talked about raw milk production, cigar taxes. Um, we almost eliminated the marriage license. But wait, we wait, wait, that. wait, wait, what? Cigar taxes? What? <laughs> well, actually, some of you might be interested in that. And it's actually a nice economic bill. But, you know, it basically says you can't overtax uh, these premium cigars in the stores to help local businesses fight the Internet you know, kind of competition. Oh, okay, I thought yeah, this you was... were you were in favor of that one. <laughs> yes, I, I am. I am. I. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But the other thing, you know, we were we're attacking the uh, the people's ability to get to the ballot. As you heard me talking a couple weeks ago, SJR one hundred and one. That's the uh, voter initiative that makes it harder to actually have mm-hmm. you know get something on the ballot. That actually passed out of the Senate. It's in the House now. But we're seeing a slew of bills to basically limit your ability to vote. You know, taking student IDs away from students so they can't use those at the polls to prove who they are to vote. And yeah, the no-excuse absentee ballot, uh, I'm at a loss there because so many people like to vote at their kitchen table and, you know, make take their time on the candidates. And people are trying to get rid of that. Not sure I understand that. Well, I, personally, I don't like it because I had to span, stand in line for over two hours at the primary last year in Canyon County because, you know, of, of voting lines there. So um, for the general election, I did it absentee because I wasn't going to stand in line for over two hours again. Well, and think about the folks. You know, I have a lot of um, uh, citizens well over 65, and they can't make it down to the polls. And it just makes it easier for folks who are elderly 
you know, especially in a nursing home or skilled nursing facility to get their get their ballot and vote and, and have their chance. Education money, we know that has to be done because by law, you guys have to have where the monies are going to be allocated and budget. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with JFAC. Um, I want to know about property taxes because this is the number one thing that from our listeners standpoint, and I know it's one of the main things from the governor this year, with the little time left, is there going to get something, is there enough time to get something done or is this going to be like it was last year where they did something that wasn't great and as a matter of fact hurt some areas more than it helped, but at least people could say, hey, look, we did something. Is there going to be time to get something that will help the average person with property taxes get done? But, you know, that's a good question, and the fact that we have to ask that question is really important, right? Um, I think people are worried about that. I'm worried about it. I think, you know, we know the easiest way to help with the property tax situation for folks is to re-index the homeowner's exemption and take that cap off of it. If we had not messed with that in 2016, we would have about a $225,000 um, homestead exemption. And that would actually make a little bit of a dent for people, Right. right? Um, but I think there are all these complicated ideas floating around. People are arguing about them. Um, you know, I heard the governor once say, you know, taxes should be simple, fair, transparent, and effective. I, I think those were the four. Maybe, mm-hmm. the, maybe the fourth one wasn't right. But that's right. You know, it doesn't have to be over, overly complicated and burdensome. And we need to get this done. The easiest thing to do is to adjust that homeowner's exemption and fix the circuit breaker. Because last time we kicked so many people off of that that we shouldn't have. What what has happened to uh, child care assistance in the past few days? Oh my heavens! I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. There was a huge crowd of people on the steps yesterday because a child care grant that was already sitting there ready to go, um, they pulled it and they're not going to vote on it. And people came all the way to the state house. I mean, the steps were full because people are upset, right? If we want folks to work and our economy to grow and be able to take care of your families. Most of the people need to be able to have child care. Now, this this is money that was going to be going away anyway, what, in September, but they just pulled it early. What's the specific reason that they said instead of waiting it? I mean, because this is federal money, COVID funds, that would have gone away in September anyway. Why doing away with it in June? What was the reason to get rid of it early? I don't know. Okay. Hey, Good thanks question. For the, thanks for the honest answer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Is it? Is that money needed for someplace else? Is no, it okay. can't be used anywhere else. That is that is basically allotted for that function. So mm-hmm. you know, maybe politics rears its head again. Senator Melissa Wintrow, thank you for being with us uh, again. Appreciate your time. Who knows? I I hope this is nothing against you. Hope it's the last time we talk this year. Me um, too. But- I hope we can get things done and get home and get out of there. Thank you very much for being here. Stick around. Coming up next, um, we're going to talk with Senate Assistant Majority Leader Senator Abby Lee, District Nineteen in uh, Fruit or District Nine rather in Fruitland. It's on the way next year on News Talk KBY. News Talk KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State Senators joining Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 8.52, once again, on the phone with us, uh, Senate Assistant Majority Leader, Abby Lee, District 9 in Fruitland, member of the Senate Health and Welfare Committee, Senate Judiciary and Rules Committee, Senate State Affairs Committee. Uh, Senator, thanks for being with us here for a few minutes this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
So uh, the uh, Phil Batts Honorarium going to be going on at 10 o'clock today, first of two services that are going to be held, public services. Guessing you're going to be there? Yes, I think um, you'll see most of our legislature, we're, we're changing our schedule to allow um, the opportunity for people to pay their respects. And, you know, Senator Bout, or Governor Bout was just such an extraordinary leader. Um, and so we really wanted to take that time to, to recognize and honor him. Senator, I wanted to ask you uh, earlier this week, and we had talked to uh, Melissa Wintrow here a few minutes ago, um, Democratic leadership calling out Republican leadership for not getting some of the priorities from the governor um, looked at as of yet so far with a couple of weeks left in the legislative sessions. Um, Do you have a response to that? Yeah, no, I, I think that's an unfair criticism. I, I think that people, uh, that's a good headline, but we are serious about these issues and we are um, moving these things forward. Um, perhaps our minority folks don't have a seat at this table, um, but this is a slow and deliberative process. You're going to see a property tax bill is going to be introduced today, which um, folks might feel like is late, but as you know, it's pretty early in, in our session to get something that this big out that people can see. And so there's a lot of negotiations that happened. We, we introduced a couple of bills in the Senate. The House was working on some things, and I think we're, we're getting really close to an actual collaborative bill that's going to give people the time to look at all of the unintended consequences. And as you know, things were passed last year that had some, um, you know, I voted against a number of those because they were really hurting uh, many of our small cities. And I think we're going to get something this year that's really going to be able to address property tax long term. Um, and, and again, maybe our Democrat friends weren't at that table, but, but I think they'll see something that's really going to that they can even support and take home and and really improve um, you know this policy for Idahoans what bill that has passed this session so far has met the biggest need of people in Idaho so again we're in March so you're going to see teacher pay you're going to see some of these big things coming out in March and that's typically what happens I think there's been some criticism for why are we addressing you know why are we passing bills that don't matter well I think they matter to some constituents and that's part of the early process because these big ideas take time. They take collaboration. They take compromise. And those don't normally, you know, we don't show up the first day of the session with, um, you know, it it takes um, 36 representatives, 18 senators, and one governor to get a bill through. And so we work these issues, um, I think, really deliberatively. And so you're going to see a number of those coming out here in the next couple of weeks. I know this kind of puts your feet to the fire, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, And just because it seems like property taxes has been one of the, especially from our listeners, um, something has to be done. Do you think with the two weeks less, something will be done that everybody is going to be happy with? And and your predictions, I mean, because we've seen the three proposals that have come out so far, um, what are your predictions that will be done that you think if there is something that's going to be done in the next two weeks? No, I think I think we're we're going to get a property tax bill through, and I think it's going to be something that helps our schools. You know, in my I, I represent you know small rural school districts, and most of our property tax issues are really these school bonds and levies, um, which I absolutely support because I think the the state hasn't been funding our schools appropriately. So I think you're going to see some big um, funding bills come through, as well as an opportunity to address um, uh, you know other property tax issues. As as you know, these are we we hear people. Um, and one of the solutions um, at the state is for us to adequately fund schools. We've talked about um, public defense costs that are 
our counties are paying, and so if the state can, you know, help in that area, that reduces right. some of those demands. And I, I think I think you're going to see some good things happen. It just, um, again, slow, deliberative process of a lot of ideas and a lot of people. Uh, I think it's a great thing that there's not just one person pushing these policies. Um, these are a lot of conversations that are happening, and uh, and, and I, I think people are going to be pleased with some of the things that come out of this session. We are still shooting for March 24th. I want to keep sending that out to the universe and to to uh, my fellow <laughs> legislators. Let's let's get these budgets passed. Let's get some property tax relief. Um, I'm certainly still working. I've got a bill that um, was introduced and is going to be heard tomorrow on uh, the Judicial Council. Uh, I think we've got uh, a few more reforms we can make on that. So that's a personal bill for for me and, and a number of others. Um, but I, I I think you're going to we're going to wrap this thing up and people are going to be. Um, not as dismayed as as maybe you heard uh, previously about I hope what's that's happening. The case. Yeah. Yeah. Hope that's the case. Uh, Senate uh, Assistant Majority Leader uh, Abby Lee, District Nine in Fruitland. Thank you for your time this morning. Much appreciated. Thank you. Have a great day. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon Wireless News. Up next. Day from ten to one. It's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Dang it, I'm so upset. What about? An important question that I forgot to ask both of our senators. I mean, people have their priorities, but I have my personal priority mm-hmm. also for something getting passed this year. And? has to do with what's happening on Sunday. Oh, the daylight savings. Daylight savings time. Don't forget, everybody. We're springing forward on Saturday night. Yay! It'll only take me a week, ten days to get used to the uh, get really? used to getting up that extra hour earlier. Takes me about six minutes. Yeah, um, you're 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 a better man than I am. No, I just have a more sporadic sleeping schedule. No, you're a better man than me. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you all yeah, day. Uh, honest, yeah. Uh, That's one thing Mary, I would like to see changed. Mary wrote in. She said, I got a letter from my mortgage holder. My tax escrow account was short last year and is going up this year, so my house payment is going up $100. I am so disgusted by our legislature, I'll say fooling around, but that's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, passing uh, legislation to limit this or that freedom, and I've lived in Idaho 47 years, and things are going backward. Um, again, uh, silly legislature, I'm Again, paraphrasing. Uh, Doesn't care about people just legislating morality first and foremost and restricting everyone's freedoms and making sure not a single Republican vote gets miscounted all before doing anything for the people. It's ridiculous that I should pay more for them to take away our freedom. That's Mary. There There is one thing that I will say, Mary, and I've had this happen both ways, where... I, there was a shortfall, and I had to pay more to make up for it for the next year with my taxes. And I've also had overages where I got a big pay or a big check back from the mortgage company. That particular thing has more to do with your mortgage company and not with the taxing district or the legislature. It's because your mortgage company didn't take out enough. They didn't estimate the amount of taxes needed to pay for the year so now by law they have to have so much in escrow uh to be able to pay your taxes and if you don't have that much it's the mortgage company's fault not the taxing district so i i it sucks and like i said 
It's happened to me numerous times where it's like, wait a minute, why has my payment gone up $50 a month this month? That That's why, and it's, it's the mortgage company not doing a good job at estimating what your escrow However, is going to be. I will say that when you are angry, uh, it seems very reasonable to blame a, a large number of government <laughs> entities. Now, with that being said, uh, I also agree with you, Mary. Um, this property tax thing has to be fixed. Uh, I mean, there are just too many people that it's too difficult to make payments on their homes, even after they've already paid off their homes, especially I'm, I'm talking about people living on fixed incomes, older people that all of a sudden they've paid off their homes and now they can't afford to live in their homes because of how much property taxes have gone up and they don't want to sell their home and they, they shouldn't have to just to be able to be able to live there after they've spent their lives paying it off. Granted, their house is worth a lot of money, you know, but they don't have the money to take out a loan to be able to pay what those property taxes are. And I don't know what's going to be fixed. I don't know how they're going to fix it. I don't know what's going to be done. But we heard from both legislators this morning, uh, or both senators yeah. that are both in leadership, said that they think something will be done and it will be substantive not just something that's like, look what we did. Like we had, you know, last year is like when they left, it, it got done in the last week and everybody's like, Although, hey, we got property taxes stuff done. And it caused in some instances in some cities bigger problems than what it fixed. One, one of them actually seemed more sure of it and the other one uh, seemed more sure that it was wishful thinking at least. Um, email in Mike at KBUI.com. Uh, isn't what the senator was talking about? He's talking about uh, Senator Abby Lee. Mean more taxes for levies for schools, not less tax for we the people. Not sure what she meant. I guess we'll have to wait and see what gets done. Um, another uh, email in uh, no name on this one says uh, Wintrow can't imagine not taking federal money. I respect our elected officials for trying to stop the bleeding of federal spending. Biden's spending for the past two years is the primary cause of inflation and de- devaluing our personal savings. I always enjoy it when the uh, people we elect to the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House try to do something about federal spending. Uh, they almost always fail, but it's nice when they try. But at a state level, it just seems like, okay, here's your money that we're giving you either take it or leave it, I just feel like, you know, the state should still take it. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's never been a problem for us to uh, give a figurative, you know, finger to the federal government in this in this state. And so even if we take the payments from them, say, you know, we don't owe you a thing. And I, I mean, part of it, too, and I understand what some people think about, you know, hey, we just shouldn't take it. Just because you don't take it doesn't mean the money isn't going to spend anyway. It just goes someplace else. Uh, Maybe not to the state of Idaho, but that money just maybe, doesn't go go back to the federal government to lower the deficit. Or Maybe it goes to California. Yeah. Yeah. Um, taxpayer writes in, uh, could you ask the legislators if property tax sales tax are, are going to be lowered and emissions testing is going to go away in Boise? Not everywhere else, but just Boise. Um, I, I I got this, but I didn't have to ask because I had the answers for you already. Uh, property tax sales uh, sales tax um, property tax is supposed to be brought up today. We've heard from um, leadership in uh, the House and the Senate that that's something that is going to be starting talked about today into tomorrow. You heard from both senators that they think something on property tax is going to get done. I don't know if that's going to have anything to do with sales tax. We didn't ask about sales tax. 
Um, as far as the emissions testing, that's going away July 1st for Boise, supposedly, unless something changes. But um, as of right now, emissions tax or emissions testing uh, in Ada County, which is still there because they had to wait for approval from the EPA. And apparently the EPA is going to sign off on this. And as of July 1st, However, like you said, it's 15 or 16 weeks until it yeah. goes away. So. so if you get your emissions testing postcard that says, hey, you're due for emissions testing. The good news is this will be the last time you have to do it. But, yeah, you got your emission testings card before July 1st, so you're still going to have to get it tested. Instant message, not signed, but it says, listening to your political guests explain why and how nothing gets done. They seem to be in their own little world with their own worries and concerns. They need to get out or get on the same page so things can get done. Um, Easier said than done, but good advice. I I mean, I... I know it seems like that that should be easy, but I think all you have to do is... Well, it should at least be a priority. Yeah, but I mean, take a look at it this way. There there are how many representatives and senators in the state that all have to get together as a majority to be able to get something done. Think about this. If you've ever... I mean, if you have a decent-sized family and you want to have a conversation on where you want to go, where everybody wants to go on vacation... Look at how hard it is to decide on something as simple as that for your family. Yeah, that's true. And that's your family. Well, and, and we're a good example that just because, you know, a vast majority of, of our legislature is all the same party, it doesn't necessarily mean they're all of one mind. Exactly. I mean, it, you, would, you would think that they might be just, but I mean, you have, I mean, we've seen this. Yeah. We, you but have there's never Republicans, just different factions of exactly. Republicans and Democrats. There's, there's never just a Democrat uh, or a Democratic uh attitude towards something and then a Republican attitude toward it. I mean, there are all sorts of different uh, views and solutions all over the board. Uh, Max writes in, Mike at KBOI.com, <laughs> a conversation we had a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, just so everybody knows, there's going to be a wind advisory. So with this storm, uh, ahead of that storm coming in today, there's a wind advisory for winds 30 to 50 miles per hour, supposedly, throughout the Treasure Valley. And I said, oh, great. Uh, one horrible thing I hate about spring and where our new house is is the tumbleweeds. Uh, they wrote in with just a couple of pictures. They've got a picture of lighter fluid and a picture of a uh, grill lighter. Trust me, Max, I thought about that last year, um, but also realized it would probably burn my fence down if I, because it all goes up against our fence. Mm. Uh, I'd love to, but uh, unfortunately, I don't want to burn our fence down either. Jan in Boise says, hmm, Republican Senate, House, and Governor, so what's the problem? Ignorance, ego, or big corporate tax breaks? Uh, My answer to that would be, it's never just one thing, and the things you just mentioned might be part of it. Roseanne, she and I are on the same page. Roseanne writes in, Arg. I think, I think I got that right. I don't know which I dislike more, daylight saving time or taxes. Boise more concerned about their own agenda than residents. Uh, I dislike taxes more. I think I dislike taxes more too, but it's very close. You could set the clock ahead three hours as far as I'm concerned. I don't care <laughs> if you cut my taxes. If you cut my taxes, yeah. If you say, all right, uh, if you, Mike, if you will just lay off this daylight saving time thing, um, we'll let you have a $1,000 a year tax break. I, I'd probably shut up. You can convince me that day is night and night is day. <laughs> 916, uh, we got a lot of. Give me the ability to pay. A lot of emails in this morning. We do have phone lines open. 
All right. So if you want to talk to us, um, go ahead and give us a call right now. If you want to talk about the legislators, uh, the agenda coming up over the final two weeks before the signy die or what any of them had to say this morning, here's your chance to go ahead and do that. Like I said, phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921, phone lines open at 208-336-3700. Toll free from wherever you might be want to listening, uh, might be listening if you want to weigh in, 1-800-529-5264. If you have a Verizon wireless phone, just hit pound 670. You can also, uh, text us any one of those, uh, but the main number, by the way, is the way you text us. Or you can email chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com. Uh, email, uh, says, uh, yeah, whatever happened about getting rid of daylight savings time? Why are we, uh, doing and going and talking about these things if they're not going to follow through with it they did the same thing with emissions testing it went away everywhere but boise how is that fair in any way it's the same damn air (laughs) i don't know why i'm yelling your email except you did capitalize a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. um by the way the reason boise i mean ada county all of idaho did away with emission testing However, you have to have the okay from the EPA if you're not going to be fined heavily. Um, so that's what Boise, it's not fair, but that's what Boise was waiting on. You know, that's why CUNA, Canyon County got to do away with mission testing. Um, but for Boise, they had to wait till the EPA gives the official okie dokie, which apparently is, is going to happen now. And uh, as of July 1st, no more emission testing. You uh, were talking to, you know, Mary had talked about earlier her uh, house payment going up for various reasons, and you had answered, and she answers you. However, my taxes went up so much, the mortgage company could not have predicted the increase. My home value went from 198 k in 2008 to $700,000 on this tax assessment paper I received. That's not on my mortgage company. For a 2,100-square-foot home on 12 dry land acres out here by your towers on the dry, flat prairie. Yeah, and that's true. Just, if you're near CUNA, yeah, if your property taxes, did she say one hundred and ninety-five thousand to seven hundred thousand? One ninety-eight in two thousand eight to seven hundred k. Oh, okay. I thought it was just in a so year, in, and I'm like, what? No, in, in fifteen years, though, it uh, uh, see, it went up. Uh, looks like for about three hundred and fifty percent. Yeah. Well, and especially back in two thousand and eight, you remember what happened in two thousand and eight? I do. The values I went think, down for yeah, a while. Yeah, a short some of while. them. Some of them were cut in half. Um, I know our house lost half of its value, um, 2008, 2009, because of the uh, mortgage crisis implosion that went on. Uh, Kenny writes in this morning, uh, says, if Mayor McLean, who announced a re-election bid uh, yesterday, if Mayor McLean is re-elected, there is something really wrong with Idaho. Well, keep in mind, it's not just Idaho, because she's running for the mayor of Boise, and only people who live in Boise vote for the mayor yeah. of Boise. And Boise has a higher percentage of liberals than the rest of the state of Idaho, for the most part, uh, excepting perhaps Blaine County, where Sun Valley is, and some of Coeur d'Alene. And therefore, it's more likely that uh, someone of a liberal bent will be the Boise mayor, as they have been since about, what, 2002. Taxpayer writes in, okay, for example, they have three plans 
so far that have been introduced into the legislature. All the people that is uh, required to get it done does not leave the room until one is chosen, then go right down the list. If they choose wrong, it can be redone, changed next time around, then at least something actually gets done. Run that by them next time. And quite frankly, you're right. There are three proposals that have been introduced. They haven't moved through uh, the legislature to get voted on as of yet. It could be that one of those is the one that is chosen. And this is, I think this is what they were talking about this morning in that you have a lot of talk back and forth to try to get agreement with everybody because you have to have a majority that passes. You have to work with the governor. You can make sure the governor isn't, you know, gonna, is also on board with it. Um, Talk with your constituents. Who, what, what do the constituents want to see as, as far as those three proposals? I mean, I have my favorite out of the three, and that has to do with indexing, raising the index, you know, to match up with what the inflation rate is going to be. And uh, Senator Wintrow mentioned that this morning, that if that had not gone away, what was it, in 2015 or 2016, uh, our cap right now would be at about $225,000, $235,000 instead of where, where it's at low hundreds. It would have been over double as far as the deduction that you could take. Yeah. Rico wrote in and says, in 2006, acting Governor Risch took the state's part of schools off the property tax to lower our bill, but it never happened as the schools keep doing more bond after school bond. It's always more money for schools, which is so ambiguous. Give us a number. It seems like enough is never enough. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Need to take a quick break here for news. Uh, we do have people on the line. I promise I'm going to get to you. I wanted to allow you enough uh, time to uh, talk. That's why I didn't uh, jump in on the phone lines area. So if you're on the line, don't go anywhere. I promise we're going to get to you coming up after news next. There are still a couple lines open you want to get through. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Nine thirty-three, pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through and partake in the show, it's always encouraged. Um, and you can also email us if you uh, can't get through on the phone. You have a couple lines open. Email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Terry uh, in Fruitless, listening on 93.1 FM. Thank you for being patient there through the news. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, So what I wanted to say, and I don't know if anyone else talked about it earlier, but it seems like every night on the local Channel 6 News, there's a story where we need to step up and pay more money for uh, kids' food for school. Uh, We need to build new schools. We need to sign up for these... uh, uh, the the bond issues so we can build greater schools refurbishment. and I I think building schools we got to do that I understand that last night they had a thing on there there's a bunch of people on the Capitol steps moms and women and they were saying that they need help paying for child care and all I can say is I paid for my child care I had to get two jobs at one point to pay child care I didn't go out and beg and ask somebody to pay my child care. And I think I'm just sick of everybody wanting somebody else to pay for their expenses. My mom sent us to school with stuff like peanut butter and mustard sandwiches. You. uh, (laughs) You. (laughs) Out of all the things that I've heard, because my dad used to tell us stories that he had bread 
sandwiches. They were just bread or uh, butter and bread sandwiches. I've never heard of mustard and we had butter, you know, we had, peanut you know, butter before. You know, jam sandwiches. <laughs> jam sandwiches. Jam that's, is where you take two pieces of bread and jam, jam them together. together. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard of peanut yeah. butter and mustard. That sounds disgusting, sir. Well, I grew up on it. And no one bought it for me. It was it, my parents. That, it it yeah, does not. So, it does not sound disgusting just, to me, by the way. It seems like a trend. Every day, there's somebody else saying, "You got to help me raise my kids. You got to help me do this, do that." Because I can't do it. Well, they need to learn how to do it, or get off their butts and figure out how to do it. That's my thought. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Appreciate you listening. Thanks, Terry. You're welcome. Bye bye. Paul in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I just I enjoyed your show thus far. I hope I don't destroy it. But yeah, that, that mustard thing and peanut butter, it better be gray poop on. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's an important time of year for us to make decisions that are important decisions in our lives. And, um, you know, the one thing that I thought of, you know, as far as the transgenders wanting to have their their day in the sun, as it were, when it, when it comes, they're going to want to do their parade and such. And I talked about maybe having a, a place where they can congregate after. And, um, you know, you can't <clears> – <throat> three things I've come up with that you can't keep them from doing this period. One is freedom of expression. They have to be able to express themselves and follow the Constitution. The other two – freedom of speech, which is very much the same in that, as well as freedom freedom of assembly. You have to allow them to be able to assemble and, and voice what it is they, they're after. Now, you may not agree with that, and I don't particularly agree with that, but if you're going to follow the Constitution, you need to allow those three things. So I, I don't have a, a major problem with the guy that's trying to run it through the bill through the... <clears throat> Is it the Assembly or the, the Senate? I, I, I can't recall. The House or the uh, Senate? Yeah, I, I can't recall which one it is he's trying to run it through. But it seems to me like it's a moot point before he even puts it together. House, I believe. And, yeah, I just I find it an unnecessary piece of, of time and energy that he's wasting where he could put it towards something different. And I, I'm, I'm not a follower of these people. You know, if you must know, I'm a heterosexual male, and I don't, I don't, I just don't have any dealings with these people other than I work with a couple is okay. You know, it's, it's the way it's going to be. And <clears throat> if you've got these three things against you, it's going to get shot down in court even right after it gets elected, or they vote for it. So I just, I find it to be kind of a moot situation. Waste, waste of, right, you think it's a waste of time? Yeah, because these three things on their side right here. All right. Thank you for the call, Paul. Appreciate it. Have a good one, guys. Uh, Email in, no name on this one, says, Once again, if we don't have values or morals that our society is built upon, if we aren't doing what we can to protect our children, if we, as uh, one of the more corrupt states in the nation, are we, uh, don't safeguard our elections, we won't be a free country in the future. I, are are I, morals something that you have collectively or individually? I think it's individual. And, and when did Idaho become one of the more corrupt states in the nation? I, did, oh, it's did, one of the top 50. 
Uh, he goes on to write, we'll be just another corrupt banana republic. And a side note, our Secretary of State is one of the corrupt ones. He took Zuckerberg dollars to help promote fraudulent voting, encouraged others to do so. Uh, also, if he says no to a bill, it's a yes for me. We'll be a potato republic. Um, this You're not going to get bananas to grow here. This is uh, what we were talking about a little bit earlier in one of the bills um, being introduced, and uh, I still don't understand it, um, having to do with uh, it's House Bill 259. If passed into law, only a county clerk, election uh, official, officer, or employee of the state authorized by law would be able to distribute absentee ballot applications, not ballots, application forms. Uh, the bill specifically says non-governmental entities shall not distribute absentee ballot applications unless they are specifically authorized by the state. That means spouses, parents, other family members, nursing home staff members, roommates, well, neighbors, seems, co-workers, voting advocacy groups. It's, it seems as if somebody has an idea in, in the legislature that voting has to be organic. Like nobody can remind you that it's your responsibility to vote if you didn't think of it yourself. If uh, you didn't go down and pick up the paperwork yourself, nobody can help you with it because it's just got to be you and it's got to be your own idea and you've got to be in it 100%, which is not really an American thing. You can vote or not vote for any reason you choose. Melissa Wintro, uh, our senator, Senate Minority Leader, was in here this morning and uh, we asked her you know, her, her thoughts on, on what they're trying to accomplish with this. Because once again, this isn't... Absentee ballots, you know, and delivering ballots to the ballot box. This is helping people get applications for an absentee ballot. And she said she doesn't understand. She goes, if if somebody asks her, she thinks it's a great thing for more people wanting to vote. And she said she's passed out applications to Republicans. She's a Democrat who've asked her for it. She doesn't have a problem. She thinks, you know, the more people that want to vote and take advantage of their rights, the better. So she goes, this would make it illegal for her if somebody asked her, hey, do you have an application for a ballot? She wouldn't be allowed to hand it out. Uh, by the way, uh, the bill will now be going to the uh, for a vote with a do-pass recommendation. I don't know if it's going to pass. don't know what's going to happen in the Senate, but it is interesting. Like I said, I have questions. Why... Do we have a problem with people passing out? And, and the the writer of the bill, Kevin Andrus of Hot Springs, Republican, sponsor of the bill, says that he feels strongly the political campaign should not be allowed to distribute absentee ballot applications. Why not? I I don't know. Why, why but, does it matter who you get them from? Well, and here's here's the thing. If you don't want campaigns to distribute them, then why not make the bill specifically, if that's your reasoning, aimed at campaigns? A campaign cannot pass out applications for ballots instead you make it so that parents kids neighbors nursing home workers it, it, i don't understand this we'll have the house on by the way tomorrow and uh um, i'm not quite sure one we don't have a republican member as of yet right no we still haven't gotten one to agree um, to show up so dustin Manwaring, if you're listening this morning um you might want to get us the name of that person sorry to call you out but could, he's could be you <laughs> But because I didn't ask the Senate because this isn't in the Senate as of yet, so I, I do have questions about that. But that I mean, it's an interesting thing. It's like what's going on. Um, Fuller says I get this is uh, Joe rather says I get tired of those in the system complaining or explaining why the system doesn't work, crying out loud, "You're in it, fix it, <laughs> change it." <laughs> it's true. Change, if you're complaining change about it from within, you know the way we're supposed to. Uh, another person asking on the story, uh, Yvonne St. Cyr, who is uh, currently 
in uh, her trial this week in Washington, D.C. over what happened on January 6th. Um, this person asks, no name on this, does the God defense ever work? It seems like God sends people to jail all day, every day with the same defense. So that girl's in big trouble if that is what she is relying yeah. on. I, I will say, I will say, I don't, I don't agree with you. God doesn't send you to jail. God gives, still gives you free right. Now she can think all she wants that God has put her in this place, but that doesn't mean God's not going to protect you from necessarily going to jail because you still have repercussions from your free right to do things. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, at least I, th- I think she feels like Christian she's, way of, of thinking. Of it. She feels like she's going to be not not to the full effect, but a, a martyr for the cause. Yeah, sort of. You know, not you kind of get the, that impression. Not to the point of death, because she said. I mean, she seemed like she's perfectly fine. And when we talked to her yesterday about you know going to prison, she goes, "If I go to prison, then I'm supposed to be in prison, and I'll be a beacon of light in prison." You, know, you can help a lot of people if you're in prison. Yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, you may be correct in the assumption of, like, I'll be, I'll be a martyr, and I think that's right. I, I, she may feel that way. We didn't ask specifically, but not for, we've talked to her you know, a couple of times. And, not necessarily martyrdom, but definitely a, a sacrifice for the cause. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. I wanted to get to this here. Um, at least talk about it a minute. The hiring, uh, Idaho firing squad bill. And we talked about this earlier this, this week, and I think you guys talked about it last week while I was on vacation, about the firing squad bill that is coming out as a secondary form. Because basically, right now, state officials to perform lethal injections are unavailable. And they don't know if they'll ever be obtainable again, partly because the companies that make them don't want to make them anymore because... They don't want to be associated with drugs that kill people when they're in the business to save people with their drugs. So basically right now, Idaho, whose only form of, of, of killing somebody, if they have been deemed to you know, have to have the death penalty, is by lethal injection. So one of the things that was brought up is let's make this, if we can't get lethal injection, let's bring Brack backfiring squads i just realized yesterday um in reading an article on this a couple of different things um number one the idaho prisons chief is not in favor of this and it was a surprise to him that the bill was even presented he wasn't even asked about it um he's surprised by it because he doesn't want to put his people in the position of having to shoot somebody right and i totally get that it's like who who gets to pull the trigger? You know, you may be all for the death penalty, but do you want to be the one who well, kills and, that person? And to be fair, when we talked about it, several people did call up and volunteer. Now, the other thing that surprised me is, did you know that uh, the death warrant for longtime death row inmate Gerald Pizzuto has been secured again? So they had dropped that because they couldn't get the lethal injection drugs back in December. Mm-hmm. He's due to uh, be yeah. put to death on March 23rd. Right. We mentioned that last week. Yeah. I did. I, I, I missed that while I was on vacation. So part of this, it, it's going to be interesting. The He's due to be put to death on March 23rd. The legislature doesn't sign he die until the 24th. 
he's not going to be put to death if this there was, isn't signed by the governor, becomes law, and I think it has to wait until July anyway, doesn't it? There was one person who, who called in and mentioned the House member who brought the bill up and said that this House member says it's very important that we get these people executed. In other words, it's very important that if we have somebody on death row in this state that we get them executed you know, as quickly as possible. Well... History doesn't show that that's true. It's not quick, yeah. We've, we've never done it quickly, and as somebody else put it, you're talking about eight people right now. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon. need to take a break. we got one more segment on the way. Hang on. And Shapiro, the afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.52, he is Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper, 208-336-3700. Uh, email in Mike at KBY.com says, uh, the executioner in a firing squad would be pulling the trigger. Same person who administrate, or administrated the lethal shot, it's their job. No, it's a little bit different. Number one, you know, lethal injection. Some states, and I don't know if Idaho is one of those states, um, allow mechanical Injections, so there isn't one person actually, you know, pushing the plunger down, um, and it's also a little bit different. I don't know if this bill does pass what it would look like in Idaho, but in Utah, for example, that just allowed prisoners here not too long ago to be uh, killed by firing squad. Um, this is the way it works for them: the prisoners seated in a chair uh, between stacked sandbags that keep bullets from ricocheting around the room, which is a good thing. Uh, target is pinned over the inmate's heart, and shooters, five of them, five shooters, aim for the chest, and they do that in, rather than the head because it's a bigger target, usually allows for a faster death. Five shooters set up about 25 feet from a chair with the 30 caliber Winchester rifles pointing through the slots in the wall. Assuming they hit their target, the heart ruptures, the prisoner dies quickly from broad, blood loss. In 2010, Ronnie Lee Gardner was declared dead two minutes after he was shot in Utah. He was the last person killed by a firing squad in the United States. The gunmen, by the way, are chosen from a pool of volunteer officials with priority given to those in the area where the crime happened. Okay, so nobody's assigned to do it. Nobody's assigned to do it. You volunteer. There are always more volunteers than spots on the squad, according to officials in Utah. So apparently no problem with volunteers probably, willing to pull the trigger. Probably has a lot to do with, with your feeling about whether you're you know, murdering and or killing someone or simply carrying out an execution that was uh, uh, you know, ordered by mm-hmm. the court. The shooter's identities are kept anonymous. One of their rifles is loaded with a bank blank round, so nobody knows which officer actually killed the inmate. I mean, you kind of know. Well, I mean, I mean if you, there's a one in four chance that it wasn't you. I mean, if you shot a blank, you, you well, it feels a little different. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I've never filed a, fired a blank, so I don't yeah. know if it feels differently or not. Uh, let's see. Dave writes in and says using fentanyl could literally be an option. And, and again, the problem is not that we don't know how to kill somebody. It's, it's getting permission to do it the way we want. And part of that has to do with... You don't want to, even even though they probably shouldn't have any rights anymore, they still have rights. 
Boise Rabble Rouser says someone should inform Yvonne that uh, God is way too busy managing millions of galaxies to be dealing with her. She is borderline nutty, if not fully impaired. Now, that's not true. God, God has plenty of time for everybody. Well, except for us, because the time up was on our show. So, yeah. um, He's got, got 15 more seconds for us. <laughs> We're done for today. Uh, open phones Friday, coming your way once again tomorrow. Don't forget, Boise State, UNLV tonight. Tip off 7 o'clock right here on KBOI.